Hello and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David and as always I am joined by the janitorial Matt. Hello there. Uh, right then, so w- this week we are talking about The Caretaker. Um, mm. <laughs> well, that's not a promising la- start. Yeah. Do you know what, last night I, yeah. uh, I watched this Yeah. and I... J- I watched the latest episode of The Mandalorian, and I think mm. we've backed the wrong horse. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is... Uh, I mean, uh, for, for disclosure, I have not yet started watching The Mandalorian. It is on my to-do list, as is a hundred other things, but I, I will get around to it eventually. But as expansive as the Star Wars universe is, I genuinely don't think it's as interesting to talk about as Doctor Who. That's because you haven't watched The Mandalorian. I mean, possibly. You could make the argument, I don't know whether it's a fair argument, to be honest, but you could make the argument that overall, if you took Star Wars in its entirety, the quality level is more consistent. What What? what but... if I told you the last two episodes of The Mandalorian featured possibly the most beautiful romantic story of all time, <laughs> and it's a woman who's got a frog's head? <laughs> that does make me intrigued for sure. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I, I really am. I'm looking forward to the Mandalorian. I've, I've heard nothing but good things. Um, uh, it, it's, it's creeping up there. I think possibly round Christmas time, I should be able to sort of carve out sufficient hours to actually give it a, a proper crack of the whip. Um, but that being said, it, yeah, it, it, it sounds as though you're not going to have many nice things to say about the caretaker. Uh, I think we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, because mm. I did watch something else last night as well. Okay. I watched Daleks. Right, yes, okay. So, we, should we just... Dig, I, I thought if we were going to the... jump into your Time Lord Victorious mm. element of the show, I thought okay. I'd keep up to date with the one bit... That's freely available. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to say the one bit I'm interested in, because that's, that's a lie. <laughs> but it is it is freely available and you know what i have thoughts as well uh before we get there i will say i finally read the second part of monstrous beauty about you know i think by the time we, we i think now officially that the, the next issue of doctor Who magazine is now out and on the shelves my my copy's not flopped through the uh post box yet but uh hopefully today um but yeah so i i finally caught up with that um you know, the, I, I, we haven't had the end of the story yet, but it's shaping up to be my favourite part of Time Lord Victorious so far. That might just be because it's Eccleston. Mm-hmm. Um, and the writer, I think, really latches on to Eccleston's um, mannerisms well. That being said, when you compare it to the other comic, the, um, the, the tenant-centric one from Titan Comics, it's astonishing the amount of story an action that is crammed into um, far fewer pages okay. than there are in... It, it, it's just kind of an interesting contrast. Um, the, the, the the economy of the writing, I think, is what really shines with Monstrous Beauty so far. So, um, uh, yeah, it, really good stuff, I think. Um, Daleks. Yes. First episode dropped this week. Yeah, I watched it last night as well. Um you give me your thoughts, and then I'll I'll maybe um, jump in with mine. I'm assuming you're not going to have really anything positive to say about it. 
Um, well, it, it's kind of hard because nothing really happens. Mm. You know, um, I, I was joking with one of our listeners, James, last night. I was like, I, I want to talk about it, but I, long story short, we, Dalek Emperor wants something in a vault. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not afraid to kill to get it. Yeah, I mean, because he's a Dalek. So, yeah, fine. Yeah. Couple um, of questions, though. What, yeah. What does he want mm-hmm. in the vault? Yeah. And, I mean, the episode ends where whatever it is that's in the vault has been exchanged with another alien race. Mm-hmm. And when the Daleks say, well, what did you give them in exchange for their protection? And I don't even know what it is. It's like one of those, it's just a robot head, isn't it? On a stick. Yeah, yeah I think um, you'd, you'd recognise it if you if you were well-versed in Classic Who, but yeah. Uh, do, are they a proper race or something? I believe, and I'm going to have to potentially edit this out because I was watching at quite a distance with my eyesight. I genuinely... I'm guessing it's going to be the mechanoids because I I didn't actually I couldn't make out properly what was in the portal, uh-huh. but um, I'm guessing because I know the mechanoids do appear in this that, that it'll be the mechanoids that you saw through the portal. Right. Um, uh, I don't think I saw anything. I think it was just a big green mess. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. So so my my feelings. I've got, if if you'll allow me a bit of a monologue, I've got lots to say about this. And I'm going to just have to lay it all out there. Is that okay, Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a cup of coffee. Um... All right, then. Okay, so first things first, I think we need to understand entirely the spirit in which this is being presented and the nature in which it's being presented. So first things first, this is being uh, distributed for free. And that, I think, means that, you know, that gives it not an entire get out of jail free card, but it gives it, you know, some license to to be not the sort of, you know, you know, this is not necessarily the kind of thing you could charge money for or should charge money for. And I think they're aware of that, hence releasing it for free on YouTube. Um, and it's the only, the only major thing within Time Lord Victorious that is actually available for free. So in that sense, it's something of like um, a loss leader, if you like. A, it's I would say almost goes far to say it's essentially a glorified toy advert because <laughs> one of the things within Time Lord Victorious is the, the Eagle Moss figurines of all these different Daleks, you know, the, the Dalek strategist, the Emperor, the Executioner, they're all available as like, figures that come with a little magazine and a short story and uh, but essentially people who, who are getting into that they, they're getting because they want the models they like that you know having different kinds of daleks and i get that and that's fine um the animation is not good i when i saw the trailers i was holding out a little bit of hope that maybe because it's hard to judge with a trailer when it's quick cuts and all the rest of it I was hoping that it would feel obviously cheap, but in a in a fun, stylized kind of way. And I think that's what they were aiming for. But they don't pull it off. Like the, the motion is so smooth. Like the, the battle at the start, where it's it looks like an arcade game or something like Space Invaders, just these beep, 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 beep. Like there was no 
there was no dynamics to anything that was happening on screen, if that makes sense. Um, and ultimately, I think I would have preferred this if it was just audio. <laughs> Like, genuinely, I think you could have told this exact same story, had all that sassy dialogue, because I really like the dialogue between, like, the Emperor and, and, and the Archivist and uh, 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 and all of that. And, and Nicholas Briggs, as usual, is fantastic at, at, at embodying all these different Dalek personas. Because essentially, if you, if you actually think about it, you're just listening to a man doing silly voices, talking to himself. Because <laughs> he is playing all of these different Daleks, but he makes it dynamic and interesting and engaging when you close your eyes and just listen. But the, the visuals actually detract from the experience for me and, and make it hard to follow. They slow it down. Um, and ultimately, that's like the opposite of what you want animation to do. Like Doctor Who doesn't have a great history with animation. There's a couple of like animated tenant things that we've not watched, but, you know, they were not brilliant and you obviously you've got the animated reconstructions of various missing stories even at their worst at their most rudimentary those animations at least help to support the story and don't detract from your ability to follow what's happening which is what i feel was happening at points with this so but, but that being said people worked hard on this and i'm not knocking any individuals i can't imagine the time pressures and budget pressures that they were up against to make this happen and at the end of the day i've not paid any money for it i'm, I'm not going to worry too much about it the the saddest thing the note i wanted to end on the thing that i think is most concerning is not the right word but i kind of wish it was on like a separate youtube channel or something at the end of the day the official doctor who youtube channel is the main one of the main ways in which the bbc can promote this show and i would hate to think of somebody deciding oh i'm going to check out this doctor who thing oh what's this a free animated thing on, on, on youtube like a little series i'll give that a go and and see if i like this doctor who business i would hate for anyone to like be judging the entirety of doctor who <laughs> On, on on this what is essentially you know it's sort of fan film quality in terms of the animation so yeah yeah i, I it, it could have been better i think it's fair to say but I, i'm sticking with it i'm enjoying the story for what it is and um i'll see where it goes but uh yeah it's not a it's not an it's not a rip-roaring success is it no, I, I I'm gonna stick with it, but I think you've been very kind there. I'd just say it was shit. <laughs> I really like some of the dialogue. Come on, you, you did you not enjoy the sassiness of the archivist where he was just saying to to, to the Dalek Emperor, "Do you want a membership card?" <laughs> Stuff I, like I think that. It it offended at least two of my senses. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It I think it's it is being presented in a spirit of fun and hijinks. And I will happily accept it on that level. Uh, like I say, my only my major concern is really just like it's it's a bit of fun for the fans, but for the uninitiated, it does not reflect well on, on, on Doctor Who as a whole. 
you know, you're not you're not kind of putting your best foot forward here. I feel like. Do you think it is the worst piece of Doctor Who visual media we've seen? We've seen on this show, on this so far. Um, y- yes, yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would you say it's better or worse than? Doctor Who top trumps on the PlayStation. I mean, in terms of just to, on the on a visual level. No, just in terms of best, just objectively, I, which is better. I enjoyed watching this far more than I enjoyed playing Doctor Who top trumps on the PlayStation. Okay, what about Doctor Who lost luggage? The choose your own adventure game. Mm. You see, I wouldn't class that as visual media. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just other experiences. Now, again, like, like I say, I think the script itself was was fun and well delivered. What I didn't like was the 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 the, the what could have been a snappy, crisp audio bit of nonsense became this very dragged out thing. Because you, you know, you'd get a couple of good lines, and then there would just be like these long padding shots of just really like murky weird explosion effects and and bright green lasers and that just all that did that like i say that detracted from the experience for me that kind of that that broke up the flow rather than enhancing it but yeah no i i think it's certainly not the worst piece of like tie-in media i've i've um encountered Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Um, so then, um, did you did you did you spot the other major bit of Doctor Who news that came out this week? I didn't know whether you should talk about it or not. Uh, I know that they've said the next series is is it in production or yes, on its Officially way in to being now, in, but reduced episode count. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Hooray. Mm. So that's good news, isn't it? The thing is, this has been. It dep- I don't really like going down the route of like, con- you know, conspiracy theories around Doctor Who and stuff like that. Some people go a bit crazy with that stuff. But... Go on, we could have a new segment like mm. David's Conspiracy Corner. Well, this is not really my conspiracy, but it, pe- it is. People have... Come on, let's hear your theory. Okay, you've come up with this big idea. Yeah. Well, it's just the fact that whilst. It, I, I I certainly don't discount the the veracity of making TV of this quality under you know COVID nineteen restrictions is extremely hard. You know, in maintaining social distancing and all the rest of it, it may, it means that you're going to be working at a slower rate, and therefore they've made the decision that they they they're going to have a shorter series to compensate for that. I I buy that. But it is also worth noting that this is an ongoing trend. When when the RTD era was in full force, you had 13 episode series and then a Christmas special at the end of the year. Then under Moffat, it started being reduced. Uh, I, certainly by the time you get to Capaldi, I think it's 12 episodes per series and then a Christmas special. And then occasionally you just get a year without a series or, you know, in the case of series seven it was slightly longer but then it was split over two years and there has been this 
and, and then under Chibnall, it was 10 episodes plus a special. So for a total of 11 in a year. And it's been this sort of gradual downward spiral slowing down of production and, and, and like uh, shrinking of series. And it's hard not to feel like the BBC are maybe seizing this as an opportunity. And like, even when we're well out of the pandemic situation, whether they'll just be like, well, eight episodes worked for us. Let's just keep doing that. And it's also worth mentioning um, Chibnall said, you know, previously we've done 11 episodes and we're now going down to eight. So that's not eight episodes of the series plus a special. We're talking either an eight episode series and no special or just seven episodes and and a special later on. So I'm, I'm just a little bit fearful that this is an kind of an irreversible decision and it's just the BBC taking the opportunity to just kind of cut down on the amount of Doctor Who they're producing even more in the long term. So... Are, are there people on the internet that are blaming Jodie Whittaker? Like, oh, I'm bloody sure woman at the fore, you know, it's all her fault, the BBC to, are losing faith, to blah, be, blah, 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 to blah. Be on, to be honest, I think most people are... Like, um, Chibnall is the 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 main whipping boy for, for, for that segment oh, of the fandom. Chibbers. Yeah, old Chibbers. Oh. Might be time for me to scan Twitter again sometime soon, oh. see what people have got to say about Chibbers. Please, please don't, because I'm so fearful of you running into Series 11, Series 12 spoilers. I would love mm. for you to go into those series unspoiled so that when we get to it, because, you know, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that there is some controversial stuff coming, but I would love for you to experience that controversial stuff without too much prior context because I think that would make it more interesting I can't really say any more than that um, okay so this has been quite a gloomy start to the episode hasn't it yeah can we I mean, shall we shall we liven things up with uh, with the quiz should we have a sing song <laughs> I don't think the listeners really want that do they they love it when you sing it's not happening. It's too early in the morning. Oh. You see, well, this is, a, is, this a... is the trouble. See, now that we started recording more frequently in the mornings, um, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm so much less game for stuff, I feel like. Right. I, I'm, I think... Should we do some homework for next week? Right. Okay. It, we'll do it a little bit like Taskmaster. Right. David, I want you to prepare something fun for next week. I can do and that. I'll try, I'll try and do the same. Yes, all right then. Okay? Yeah. Because, I mean, you're a real fucking buzzkill this morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I woke up and I was like, yay, it's David Day! <laughs> you know? I think this is also in part a reflection to the nature of my job. I, you know, I think I've mentioned before, I, I work for the NHS. Uh, I specifically, I, I work within... Uh, the uh, on the administrative side within um, the world of vaccinations, um, and right now it, it it's flu vaccination season, which is always the toughest part of the year because it's such huge numbers in such a comp compressed period that basically I am just 
I get to the end of the week and I am just wrung out like a sponge every week. <laughs> I have just nothing left in the tank. So I think I've probably been a bit grumpier the last few weeks in part because of that as well. But uh, Yeah, I mean, I yeah. didn't want to raise it, but you've been a real sourpuss. <laughs> Anyway, so, come on, quiz don't forget, me up. ladies and gentlemen, every Thursday night, eight o'clock, go outside and just clap for David. <laughs> bang, just me. Bang your, yeah, bang your pots and pans together for all the key workers, but at the top of your voice, just shout David very loudly. <laughs> That's what I like to do. Yeah. Come on, let, let's pick things up. Let's have a let's have a good day today. All right then. Okay. So the Wheeler Big Quiz for. I mean, imagine if this was the first le- episode of our pod you listen to. <laughs> I mean, you'd be like, "Oh, it's the same as every other Doctor Who podcast. Just a couple of blokes moaning for an hour." Miserable <laughs> bastards. <laughs> you know, I do try. Like genuinely, I, 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 I do hate that trend within within Doctor Who fandom, and I do try very hard to push against it. And and. And be positive and, and try to say nice things where there are ni- whenever there are nice things to be said. Um, but, you know, some weeks it's harder than others. Anyway, come on. Quiz right. time. So, I, I like to introduce the quiz just to let people know what's going on. So, mm-hmm. up until Christmas, we're raising a little bit of money for the Teenage Cancer Trust. We are doing that in terms of a quiz. Every week there are six questions and... If David scores six out of six, well, each question's worth one pound. The total, if he gets all of them, rolls up to ten pounds. Yeah, that has never happened. No, so so four out of six has been your highest score. That's because there's always bloody questions about, like, I don't know, Celebrity Love Island and shit like that. Yeah. Things that aren't actually related to Doctor Who. And just just spurious facts. (laughs) (laughs) So... Just before we jump in, we've had some donations this week. Great. Okay. Now, I would never point the finger at anyone, but the donations have slowed down a little bit. So, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, the link... People don't have, uh, you know, unlimited funds, do yeah, they? Yeah, I know Christmas is coming, okay, yeah. but in the spirit of giving, the Just Giving page is linked on our Twitter. That's yeah. at Time No Space Pod. So, a few donations this week and a few notes I just want to read, if that's okay, David. Go for it. Okay, so I still don't know who this is, but the your swan nemesis. Yeah, I, I was a little bit worried when I listened to last week's show, and you didn't uh, edit out where I was moaning about someone I fucking hate from primary school. I thought you, <laughs> I thought you might have cut his name out, but you know what? I I if, I, I, I probably should have. It's all right if you're listening, Gareth Evans. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, so your nemesis who goes yes. up against you in the quiz yep. each week. Has said another tie this week. Ooh. I've never been able to best David. I got the number of passengers on the ship, but I had no chance when it came to seventies British sitcoms. Keep up the I good work. I think he read this guys. out last week, Matt. I think no, no, no. Week. He drew. He drew last week as well. Uh, I, I, I did I'm it. getting deja vu here. Then I'm sure you read that one out last week. Uh, hold on, that was six days ago. So. Who knows? I don't know. He hasn't donated since. I usually use that as like the bookmark for the week. Anyway, someone else, anonymous, two pounds, just says in capital letters with three exclamation marks, beans. (laughs) Okay. How close are we to the the bean goal? Uh, Well, the current goal is 180 pounds. We're on 178 pounds. Oh, if you get two correct this week, I will post. 
the video from my workplace that's got me doing a cringy introduction to our school. Mm. Looking forward to that. Okay. Uh, so another £20 after that. If we hit £200, David is going to drink a pint of baked beans live on the pod. Mm. Okay. And the final donation this week. It must be someone who did the same last week. It says, different week, different doctors, same question. Fourth, fifth and sixth. Shag, marry, kill. Ah, uh, okay. So this came in a few days ago, so I've been thinking mm. about this. Okay. I've got. I'm going to have to give this serious thought. Do, do you want me to run through mine? Yeah, go for whilst it. Whilst we're waiting. So, am I right in thinking this is Baker, Baker, Davison? Four, five, six. Well, not Wait, in that order. Yeah, Baker, Baker, Davison, Baker. Yeah. So... First of all, married, I'm definitely going Davison. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Especially where we live, where they used to film all creatures great and small. We could go on, yeah. like, lovely days out and he could tell me yeah. stories. You, yeah, just imagine, like, strolling through, strolling across the moors hand in hand. Yeah. You know, just drinking in the beautiful scenery. Uh, for Shag, I'm going to go Colin Baker. He's so big yeah. and cuddly, isn't he? Mm. Whereas Tom Baker's, like, bony and wiry and plus <laughs> like i've only had limited interaction but i think if i married uh tom baker i think i'd get sick of him because, yeah because if i was like oh should i put the kettle on and he was like oh i do think you rather should I'm like, <laughs> and all then right launch all right if you're that desperate make your own fucking cup of tea yeah and, and after that he would then launch into a three-hour monologue about yeah. you know every actor he's ever had a cup of tea with um because I, I look I, I love tom baker i adore <laughs> tom baker but i feel like that man probably ha- does not have an off switch no and i could i could not tolerate spending time for, for, for very long with someone like that so if you were like, what's for tea? And he was like, oh, I've made the most beautiful spaghetti carbonara. And I do think we should go to the shops to get some garlic bread. And whilst we're there, wouldn't it be lovely if we... I'd just be like, all right, I get it. You want spaghetti for tea? Shut up. Uh, but yeah, all right. You know what? I think we've been put in absolute agreement this week. Really? Yeah. I, Ma- Ma- Mary Davison, Shag Colin, and uh, sorry, Tom. You're gonna, yeah. Okay. I can't. I can't disagree with that. If we go back to last week, who would you rather marry, Troughton or Davison? Oh, Davison. Yeah. Absolutely. He's just a sweetie pie, isn't he? Mm. I mean, to be fair, he isn't so much these days. He's, he has very much embraced his grumpy old man. Oh, really? Uh, with time. <laughs> yeah, not in a bad way. Just in a, you know, he's he's. I think quite happy in in you know being that sort of slightly cantankerous soul. Um, anyway, all right. that being said, um, is it time for some questions? It is. I'm glad you reminded me, because, again, I listened yeah. back to last week where I just totally forgot to ask you the yeah, question. Yeah, we, we've sort of, <laughs> got of cunning, completely derailed. If, if you listen back, minutes. you can notice that all the way through, I'm going, right, let's just talk about the episode then. And, you're, and then all of a sudden it goes... Let's just talk about the episode. <laughs> Question one. <laughs> like, a bit of good editing. Oh, come on. I think my editing was slightly slicker than that. Yeah. But uh, Okay. But yeah, we did, did very nearly forget them last week. So, question one. Go for it. 
from the topic Time Lords. Yes. What was the name of the academy that rogue Time Lord Barusa taught the Doctor at? Oh, God, I can't remember. You know, generally, when, when I think about the Time Lord Academy, I, in my head it's just called the Academy. So wow. I'm just going to say the Academy, but I know that's wrong. I'm sure we'll be specific. Sorry, it's the Pryden Academy, or the ah, Prydon. Yeah. Pryden, yeah, I, I wouldn't have remembered that. I'm really oh. bad on Time Lord lore. It's one of those areas that's a real weak spot for me. Mm. Yeah. How about companions for question two? Mm-hmm. What is the name of the secret communication network that Harriet Jones uses to contact the Tenth Doctor when Davros moves the Earth? Uh, it's not Archangel, because that's, that's the Master's nonsense in, in mm-hmm. Series 3. Subspace? Oh, you're so close. It was oh. the Subwave Network. Subwave. Oh, I knew it was something like that. Do I get half a point for that? No, it's fine. I'm not I'm not donating no. 50p. Come on. You know the rule. <laughs> what, for just forgetting the, the, the uh, prefix sub? Yeah. No. All right, then. Okay, next yeah, question. Nice. Episodes and stories. Mm. Okay, so this comes from one of your favourite episodes, so I'm looking forward to this. Okay. In the Curse of the Black Spot. Oh, God! What is the name of Henry Avery's son? We've... I swear we've we've had... We've had Curse of the Black Spot questions on this before, haven't we? We have. It's because it's such yeah. a mind-blowing episode. It's very popular. Oh. oh, it's like Toby or something. Oh, 100% correct. One pound. Oh, yes. Well done. Back on track. Right. I'm I'm annoyed that I got that right. (laughs) So you only need one more question correct to unlock the next prize. Okay. So this is from Years and Dates. Which century is it when the Terraleptils escape the jails of Raga and become stranded on Earth? Okay, so this is in reference to the visitation. Um, I cannot remember if the Terraleptals were supposed to have been stranded for a long time prior to the Doctor's arrival. I don't think so, but I, I, honestly, it's I've only seen it the once and I can't remember it in that much detail. So I'm going to just guess the century in which it's set. Can, can I just stop you? Yeah. The answer is the X-Hundreds. So that's the, the format I would okay. like the answer in. Place. Okay. So this is where I have to try and... This is where my, my, my weakness for history really shows, because I know it's set around the time of the Black Death, but I, I cannot remember off the top. I, I want to say... Is that too late? It's... Okay, I'm going to say 1700s. I worry that's too late, but I'm going to say 1700s. It is too late. It's the 1600s. 1600s, right, yeah. I get that period so sort of mushed together in my head. But yeah, all right then. Okay, next one. On the topic of monsters. Mm. What does the Tenth Doctor describe Banner Cafalata as when he first sees him? And there's some options to choose from here, Okay, David. good, 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 good. Your options are a talking conker, yeah. a spiky coconut, 
hedgehog head or a blowfish. Yeah. All quite speciesist, really. Yeah. Um, quite rude. Uh, I think it's conker. You're going for a talking conker? I'm going for a talking conker. It is a talking conker. Well done. Yeah. Two pounds in the pot. Poor Banacathalata. Okay, final question. Are you ready for this? Oh, let's see if I can at least get 50% this week. Come on. Okay. So this is from Cast, Crew and Beyond. <laughs> Simon Callow has appeared in Doctor Who twice, alongside yes. the 9th and the 11th Doctor. He has. Yeah, on that episode, that was absolute dog shit. That I absolutely mm-hmm. hate. Unquiet dead. Bunch yeah. of shite. But who did he play on both occasions? That would be Charles Dickens. It is. Unfortunately, he did play Charles Dickens. Yeah. And a very so, good job he did of it too. Three out of three this week. Yeah. Losing a little bit of, of form. Yeah. 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 Well, you know what? I'd, I'm, I'm kicking myself. I should have I should have got four. I should have been able to do get that one about the visitation right. But, um, well, hey-ho. the good news is this week I will post a link to a cringeworthy video of myself at work. Fantastic. And Got that to look forward to. We are now only £19 away from David drinking a pint of baked beans. <laughs> what more incentive could you possibly want, listeners? I know. Exciting days, exciting yeah. days. All right, then. The caretaker. Well, just before Let's we get there, about... I, oh, I know you don't right. like the preamble. Mm, yeah, I, I know that you've got better things to do with your time. <laughs> but as you've alluded to earlier, we are recording quite early today. Yeah. What did you have for breakfast? What's for tea? Mm. This morning, I, I I'm sure like last I think last week I, did I have an egg? I'm pretty sure you I had did. It. You yeah, had poached egg on toast. Yeah, fried egg today. Oh. Yeah, fried Slightly egg. Slightly less he- less healthy. Slightly less healthy, but it's it's it's. What what I needed, I think. It, it set me on the right path today. How do you like your fried eggs? Uh, in preference, I, I would go for poached over fried. Yeah. And then... That's fair. I don't know. I, I always say I'm not a fan of scrambled eggs, but my wife makes pretty good scrambled eggs. Mm. Um, I, I had waffles this morning. Thanks for asking. Ooh. Like... Um, Presumably, like uh, yeah, like sweet waffles, not waffles. not potato waffles. <laughs> I just had had that thought for a second. Just like it, it could go either way, technically. Yeah. yeah. You see, I'm not a big. I'm not. Shall I tell you? I'm not generally big on pudding for breakfast. Uh, I I'm always up for pudding. Yeah, that this is the issue. Like my my partner, she she's all about that. Like you know, croissants and pancakes and. You know things like that for breakfast, and I'm just like I can't, I can't deal with that first thing in the morning most of the time. No, you know? see, you enjoy your wartime rationing breakfast, don't you? A single egg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go to work on an egg. That's what I like to do. Yeah. And what's yeah. on the menu for tea in your household? Oh, fuck knows. Mm. I, I, you know, I life with a toddler. You're surviving minute to minute. Nobody's planning their tea. When they've got a got a two year old, just careening about the place. Um, what about you? Uh, well, I mentioned it earlier. I'm actually having spaghetti carbonara. That's why it was oh. on my mind. <laughs> um, 
And of course, just before we jump into the episode, as is tradition, David, I thought you might like to say hello to our friends over at Married to Who. Yeah, all right. Hi, hi guys. Still listening to your podcast off and on. I've, uh, I'm continuing, have, having skipped a lot of series three, um, just because, you know, it's it's hard to revisit that one sometimes you know the dodgier episodes um but i've been i've just uh, gotten onto series 5 of your your coverage and uh, really enjoying it yeah good stuff oh well done yeah you're really overcoming your crippling social anxieties yeah well done not not, not really it still feels incredibly weird and I, and i know you just do this like literally just to torture me every week yeah but at the same time but... it's nice isn't it? It's nice to I be mean, nice. Is it? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty certain when we're recording this today, it's yeah. World Kindness Day. Is it? Yeah. Ah. I'm pretty certain I saw that on Facebook or something. So, mm. David, thank you for being my friend. I don't say it often enough. You hold a special place in my heart, and I love you. Ah, oh, well, I love you too, Matt. Not in the same way you love Davison, though. I hope. No, no. Good. It's it's not that sort of same burning passion. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Right. I've yeah. <clears throat> uh, I've nothing else to say. Should we talk about the caretaker? Let's do it. Anyway, that was our review of the caretaker. We will see you next week. <laughs> go on, hit that theme music. Let's go home. Yeah. There's definitely stuff to talk about. Um. Before we do, give me a rating. Good episode, bad episode, good with bad bits, bad with good bits. I think you should go first because I think we more because uh, you've more or less lady cards on the table. So, what what would I mean? Are there any redeeming qualities in this episode for you? Yes, I'm mm-hmm. going to say bad episode, some good bits. Okay, but they're so few and far between. I found this episode quite boring. Mm. I thought that the villain... I mean, considering the villain was pretty much Sir Killalot. Yes, I, and, I, 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 we are going to have to address that in full. I, I, it, I knew that was coming. The villain was totally inconsequential. It could have literally mm-hmm. been a cheese grater <laughs> and the plot would not have been affected. I'm mm. a little bit upset they wasted what was quite a cool aesthetic villain on an absolute nothing plot. Mm. Um, I mean, I get it. It, It's a plot episode, isn't it? It's not an adventure episode. Yeah, it's about the characters. Yeah, they're just trying to lay a bit of groundwork. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There there is one bit that I thought, this episode can just get to fuck, but we'll talk Mm. about that when we get there. There's one bit where I was just like, "I, I don't like this. (laughs) <laughs> Fine. I, I, I don't think you're alone at all. Also, it's not a... when I listened back to last week, I pretty much yep. predicted exactly what was going to happen. Although oh, I, you did. Although you, I did you, say you it was going to be a Frankenstein and yeah. the Doctor would karate kick it. Yeah. Um, Didn't quite work out that way, but you you really did. You, the, 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 the basic foundations you got absolutely spot on. Yeah, I just feel... So, well done. I don't know. Again, I say this all the time. I think it's because we consume Doctor Who so quickly. Oh, yeah. That some yeah, of the ideas are still fresh. Pattern. And this was yeah. 
I mean, it wasn't a million miles away from school reunion if you take out K9 and Sarah Jane. No, and there there are there are some other obvious parallels as well, um, which are not not intentional, but like uh, I think that that it was attempt an, an attempt to kind of uh, repeat certain successes. So we'll we'll get on to that shortly. So in terms of where I'm ranking this. I think it's a good episode. I really like it. I enjoy it every time I watch it. And I know I am in a minority here. I think the majority of fandom are at best ambivalent towards this story. But I don't know what to say. I really genuinely quite like this episode. So I think, you know, we're not necessarily going to be in agreement on much of this one. So that could be interesting. It could just be a... What about it is... The main thing that you would say you like, if you had to the pick main one thi- thing, the main thing that I well, there's a few things. Um, I think it's a fantastic character-driven story. I think the 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 fact that we get a lot of good humor, and I'm always good for humor for humor in uh, Doctor Who. I think it's a, an essential ingredient, and I like it when they do more overtly comedic episodes. But then. Underneath all of that, you know, flim flammery, if you like, underneath it, you've got quite a rock solid emotional story that that I think peels away some layers for all three of our main characters for this series. Danny, Clara and the Doctor all get some really important character development as a result of this story. Um, so on that level, I think it does exactly what it sets out to do. Um, I think people, when people complain about the fact that the plot's very light or that the villain's a bit weak and stuff like that, yeah, sure, it is fine. But it was never trying to be anything more. Like th- this wasn't trying to be a Dalek story or something like that. You know, it wasn't trying to have that kind of sense of action or adventure or, or weightiness to it. It is first and foremost. It's soap opera, if you like. And I think on that level, it works extremely well. So, yeah. But I know I'm in the minority on this. Um, but but before we go any further, I think we also probably... Do we need to talk about... the? the it's a, co-written by Stephen Moffat. I think this is... he's He's got a, at least a co-writing credit on almost every episode we've seen so far. I think the only exception is Robot of Sherwood. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, but then the the other writer on this one is uh, Gareth Roberts, mm-hmm. and I can't remember whether we mentioned this when we discussed his last episode, which was uh, closing time. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's a massive transphobe. Oh really? Yeah, I, I I can't remember whether we addressed it or not. And I, but I feel like we have to, um, albeit briefly. I don't want to dwell on it for too long. Um, it's a shame, isn't it? Mm. Same with the guy that wrote Father Ted, isn't it? Yes, yeah. He's not gone quite as insane as Graham Linehan. Yeah. Because Gra- Graham Linehan has has genuinely lost his mind. Yeah. And yeah, you know, made it his like his 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 one raison d'etre in life to to basically troll people on Twitter about about trans issues. Um, but basically, what happened with Gareth Roberts was he he tweeted what at first you could have shrugged off as a very ill advised joke. Um, and when people called him out on it, rather than 
apologizing and saying, you know what? Yeah, that was in very poor taste. I hadn't really thought about how that might affect people. He dug his heels in and, you know, wrote a, a post on, on Medium about how he, you know, he doesn't really believe in, in, in trans rights and, and all the rest of it. So he just, no, nah, he showed his true colours there. Um, oh, well, fuck and, you, Gareth Roberts. And fuck you, yeah, Gareth Evans. Yeah. So ba- basically he's uh, not written anything for Doctor Who since. Like he he had a short story that was just coming out in an anthology and, and the other writers in that anthology threatened to pull their work. And so that, that was his last thing that he was going to do Doctor Who related. That's now probably never going to see the light of day. And on the one, I'm not going to say it's a great loss, to the world of Doctor Who. Mm. But I do think he was he was good at writing quite competent, quite funny stories. You know, he'd previously done uh, The Unicorn and the Wasp, which I quite liked. He did The Lodger and Closing Time. Uh, and this one is basically the third, in, if, if you like, you could see it as a spiritual successor to those two. This was kind of his niche by this point of like the Doctor having to pass himself off, off as a human in, in quite a domestic scenario mm. um and i would rank this higher than closing time by quite some distance uh yeah, but that's another nothing episode isn't it yeah especially the closing time the lodger i think is really good i think the lodger is probably still the best of the three mm. but this is a close second for me i really do enjoy it um but like i say uh, yeah good episode shame about the writer yeah. <laughs> fuck him <laughs> Yeah. I, hope he's I don't listening. really want to talk about him any more than that. But, yeah. yeah. Right. So this is the sixth episode of season eight. It is. Yeah. It's from the 27th of September, 2014. Yeah. So we open with almost like a little montage of Clara's adventures with the doctor and then having to justify her sort of strange behaviour and different things to Danny. Yeah, so she's kind of leading this double life. So, Um, yeah, so the example we're given, they're chained to a pillar in the middle of the desert, the Doctor's talking about sand piranhas, and then moments later, Clara's on a date with Danny where she says she's been on a sunbed, that's why she's got such a tan. Yeah. Uh, The Doctor then invites Clara to look at some fish people, and yeah. when she meets Danny Laser later, sorry, she says there's been a freak shower. That's why she's absolutely sodden. Yeah, and has seaweed in her hair. Yeah. Then her and the Doctor are escaping from lasers being fired. Yeah, running down corridors, yeah. classic Doctor Who style. So she says that she was invited for a run. Yeah. So. And and you know we've seen this already as well with like the end of time heist where she's just. Been eating a cel- celebratory uh, Chinese takeaway on the TARDIS with um, with the gang from that episode, and then the Doctor drops her back just in time for her date, and she's like, "I've just eaten a meal, and now I'm going out to eat another meal," you know. So she's she's struggling with you know live, living this dual existence of going off adventuring and then trying to have a normal job and, and, and a normal boyfriend and that whole thing. Um, 
I think it's a really effective little little montage. It's funny and 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 it gets the point across nice and quickly. And uh, yeah, I think again plays into this aspect of Clara's personality where she feels like she's got to, like she has to be in control of the situation all the time. And like maybe the easy thing at this point would be to risk the relationship with Danny and put her cards on the table but she's not willing to do that she's like no i've got this thing that's that i'd like and i don't want to risk breaking that and similarly with the doctor i've got this this aspect of my life that i like and i don't want to risk losing the doctor by ha- having to make a decision and, you know um it's interesting because we, we've you know it's not entirely new ground to basically set up this you've got to choose between the doctor and your normal life. You know, we saw it with Rose way back in her very first episode. We saw it with uh, Amy and Rory. Um, and, uh, but it, it feels, I think it's different enough here in that, whereas with the solution with Amy and Rory was basically, oh, Rory can just come along. Yeah. You know, we don't really have that here. But it, it, it's... Um, as you've mentioned, it's almost the character of Clara as this control freak that adds yeah. an extra dynamic to it. Yeah. Rather yeah. than is being she, she... laid back about things. Yeah. She is. She's just trying to cover up and, and, and like, she's not just, she won't just kind of give everyone the, the full picture. No. No. Yeah. So, Clara returns to the TARDIS. The doctor says yeah. she's she looks nice. Asks whether she's had a wash. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about this sort of ongoing thing with 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 the doctor and Clara, where where the doctor is just completely oblivious I, to? I quite like it in the same yeah. way. I like it when Strax calls everyone boy. Yeah, yeah. I think I've I've encountered some people who who think that there's a there's a misogynistic element to it, but I've never read it that way at all. No. I, I think it's it, it's genuinely more just he just doesn't doesn't see her in that way and like he you know and he's so alien he's like he's trying to think of what is a nice thing today and, he, and he's just like oh have you had a wash <laughs> like like it's almost like oh have you had your hair done but he's he's not quite nailed it you know <laughs> I, I mentioned it last week um, when I'd been listening to Married to Who and they yeah. talked about how they'd been listening to some of our old episodes. Yeah. I, I went back this week, and I don't know if you know this, David, but there's no good podcasts released on a Wednesday. Um, so that's when is that I, true? Yeah, it just seems to be. That's when I drive to work and struggle right. to listen to anything. So I've listened right. to some of our old episodes. I listened to all our series finales. Ah. Uh, well, I say all of them. Certainly the first three, maybe four. Yeah. And in each of them, I always say, when you say, what's the hope for next season... I always say that I don't want a romantic companion. I want a male companion. And yeah. I feel like we're sort of there now. Oh, I would say so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're almost... They're pretty, by the end of this episode, that, that final scene with, with Clara and Danny, they're, they're more or less explicit mm. in it. Um, doesn't stop the shippers. <laughs> I'll, no. I'll, just, I'll just throw that out there. There's, if you want 12 Clara... Uh, shipping fanfic it, it's out there but uh oh, I, I don't i don't think it's 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 really backed up by the text shall we say really no is it better than our mm. fanfic where i'm married to 
uh, one of the doctors every week now, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing could be better than that. Um, all right, then. So, so we, we, let's, let's crack on, because we've not even got out the uh, cold open yet, have we? No. So the doctor says he can't adventure this week. He's going undercover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Clara, she seems quite upset at that news. She would seemed keen for an adventure, but she accepts it. Mm-hmm. And she sort of gives the feeling that she's going to focus on her real life for a bit. Yeah. So she goes to work, meets Danny, who's curious why she's always in a bit of a rush. Yeah. And they go to their morning briefing where the headmaster introduces a new caretaker. Yes. John Smith. Yeah, I mean, I think we all saw it coming, really. Yeah. You know, and that's that's part of the joy of it, I think. And with this Doctor being so different from Matt Smith, like, it's just a completely different energy. Like, you, 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 you can picture what the 11th Doctor going undercover as a caretaker in a school would be like. Mm-hmm. It, it would be completely different to this. Um... I, I love that he's like he's barely trying. Yeah. Because like you know, immediately introduces himself as like, yes, hello, I'm John Smith. But you know what? Most people actually call me the doctor. And the thing is, and, like... and this this sounds <laughs> a little bit heartless, because one of my good friends at work is a member of our site team. Yeah. But a new caretaker wouldn't be that big a news in a school. So the no, fact everyone not. ignores yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I can buy that. Yeah. Except Clara, who's absolutely fuming at the idea. <laughs> yes. So she asks if there's an alien in the school. Mm-hmm. I was hoping he'd say, yeah, it's Frankenstein. He's in the basement. <laughs> uh, but he says, it's him. Yeah. And as he's sort of explaining what he's doing, he name drops River Song. That's quite nice. Yep. She's still in our hearts and minds. Because yes, when yeah. they had a big falling out, he went and lived with some otters. Yeah. For a whole month. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I thought you'd have more to say about that. I don't know. What's what? What is there to say? It's like it's like yeah, that's on brand. Well, it depends whether they were sea otters or river otters. I mean, it does to an extent, but because yeah. uh, I think it's river otters I... that are absolute horrible, nasty bastards. Are they? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think sea otters are like the furry, friendly ones that hold hands with each other. Uh. Um, I did like this bit where Clara said I've got two questions for you mm-hmm. and he says are we safe and he says no and she says will we be safe and he goes soon enough yes I mean that's pretty much how the doctor works isn't it yeah absolutely so some ple- there's a policeman Elsewhere, speaking to some kids that are truanting school, tells Mm -hmm. them to get on their way back to school. Yeah. And he then hears another noise down an alleyway, and he says that, you know, truants always come in threes. So he's going to go investigate, find the other child, tell him to get on his way to school. Yeah. Except it's not a child. It's a massive death robot. Yes. The Scovox Blitzer. Yeah. All right then. So let's talk about let's talk about robot wars. It's happening. Yeah. Against our better judgment. Let's bring yeah. it back for one week. Okay. So, yeah. Look, 
th- there is more than a passing resemblance to Sir Kill a lot here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, I-, I I like it as a design though. What do you think? I, I think, I think it, it looks with really tone. good. Yeah, like I say, I sort of wish it was used in a better episode. Yeah, I I, I can see that. Um, in the suit, you've got uh, Jimmy V, who I believe has played a lot of the um, short stature characters previously in Doctor Who, like Mox of Balhoon and Banakafalata, who we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, so that's good stuff. Um, the other thing, I was just looking it up because I wanted to get it right. The other thing that I, I really like about the Scovox bits is the fact that, you know, it's this super deadly robot assassin thing, but there is something... Whilst it's a cool design, there is because it's quite small. There is something faintly naff about it, mm-hmm. which to me is perfect Doctor Who. To the point that I almost wonder if it's a, if it's a direct reference to the Raston robot from the Five Doctors. Now you've not seen the Five Doctors yet. No, we will definitely we will definitely do it one day. I think it's one of those y- you've got to do it really. Yeah, because you know, I, I was going to ask: Is this the first time we've ever heard of the Skovox? I believe so. I don't think there's any references to them prior, but um, but yeah, the Raston robot for for context, it's built up as like you know one of the deadliest assassin like robot assassins in in the universe, and it's just like a little guy in a in a silver bodysuit. Oh, nice! Just and just sort of like jumps around and like shoots little <laughs> bullets out of its wrist. <laughs> it's it's so crap, but like just beautifully gleefully crap. Um, and yeah, so on on that level, the the, the Scovox Blitzer kind of makes me feel similarly in that it's like you're meant to to to, to view it as this this ultimate deadly weapon, and yeah, it definitely does kill people and, and is capable of blowing a lot of shit up. But also, it looks like it's just come off the set of Robot Wars. <laughs> There's something yeah. quite quite charming and British about that. So um, yeah, per- perfect kind of enemy for this episode. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, it's heavily implied that it murders this policeman. Oh, yes. yeah. So, we then go back to the Doctor, who climbs through the window of Clara's lesson. Um, Well, he doesn't climb through. He's investigating the outer school. Uh, He's placing devices around. And Clara is annoyed that he just can't act normally for five minutes. Yeah, because he's he's poking his head through the window, telling her she's got facts on her on her whiteboard wrong and mm-hmm. and I love this I love this little bit of dialogue where she just goes off and just, oh yeah of course because you know when you were there and you hung out and then you you know uh, I forget exactly what she says but it ends on uh, and then you went and formed a band and met Buddy Holly and it's just, and just like no I've just read the back of the book <laughs> so Clara annoyed by yeah. this begins to investigate the doctor's activity around the school yeah uh, we're reintroduced to Courtney, who is rude to her again. Yes, but we need to find out that she is a disruptive influence. Yeah, but in the past, we've seen Courtney as like a big stumbling block for Clara's confidence. Whereas yeah. here, when she's rude, Clara's just like, oh, shut up, leave me alone. Well, I think she's been at that school a little while now, hasn't she? She's probably gotten like gotten used to Courtney. Well, that's it. Again, I... I don't want to steal this from Married to Who, but when I listen to their yeah. review, they mentioned that in the past couple of episodes, it was 
was it Clara's first day or Danny's first day at the school? Danny's first day. And then later on in this episode, when we get parents' evening and he's talking to Courtney's parents, he says, you know, things have changed since last year. Yeah. So it feels like it's been a school year. I think so. I think Clara has been basically leading this double existence for quite a while at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. We need the doctor to tell us how old he is again. That's how I used to keep track of how long had happened. Uh, that's not a good metric. <laughs> no. Because there's like 200 <laughs> years you, between each episode. Especially if you factor in Classic Who, which muddies the waters e- e- even further. Mm. Yeah. The, the Doctor has no consistent age. So, uh, the Doctor talks to Danny about teaching. He insists he's a PE teacher rather than a maths teacher. Yeah. Uh, this is... Like, this is funny... But also, the Doctor is such an arsehole here. Yeah. Plus, like, I know I know it's a misconception, but PE teachers do work bloody hard. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to defend them too much because I, I don't think it will come as any great surprise to either you or our listeners. Uh, PE was not my favourite subject in school. Um... <laughs> Is that because you're so buff you felt everyone else was holding you back? (laughs) Yeah, let's go with that. I I remember um, when we had to choose our options for PE. Yeah. That pretty much all the boys picked football. Yeah. And I thought, well, I can't, I'm not going to pick that because there's a lot of boys better at football than me. It's not going to be that fun. I'm probably not going to kick a ball because I'm not fast enough. Um, So, me and my sort of group of close friends, we picked girls' dance, thinking right. thinking that, like, no one would say anything and we would just get to skive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we were forced to do dance. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll have to show you a little tap number at some time. And, I, and you know what? Dance is very physically demanding. I, you, yeah. know, you, you can have a much much easier time just sort of hanging around on the on, on the periphery in a football match. Well, then I'll, I'll have to look because I, I teach at the school where I was a student. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I attended the school mm. where I now work. Oh, wow. So somewhere, I mean, it's probably been wiped, there exists an old video cassette of me and my close friends doing the dance to Grease Lightning from Grease. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, did you not know um, that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So are you, have you got like some colleagues who, who were like former teachers of you? Yep. And stuff. Yeah. That, d- does that ever stop being weird? No, because there's not that many. And I mean, I wasn't a very good student. So Yeah, that checks out. It's like my redemption arc. <laughs> Ah, that's awesome. Uh, right, okay then. So, yeah, he, the Doctor is incredibly rude to Danny. Um, and yeah. Especially, you know... Clara reminds him about Orson Pink. Yes. Who I didn't think was going to be that important, but it's probably going to be this season's Fire of Pompeii, isn't it, where they talk about <laughs> him all the time. Um, and the Doctor's like, nah, passing resemblance. Don't look anything like each other. Yeah. So... The doc- I think he, Go on, the doctor, this doctor just has quite a bit of face blindness. Yeah, especially when Clara's telling him about her boyfriend, 
He just assumes yeah. it's the one teacher in the school that's like a Matt Smith body double. Yeah. That is such a good guy. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's handsome. I like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we'll get we'll, we'll talk more about that scene when, when we get to it. I really like that. Yeah. Um, so Danny but... grows more suspicious of the Doctor because he's placing devices around the school. Yeah, understandable. Like, the doc- I, I will admit, the Doctor is being so cavalier in his approach in this in this story like he is making almost no effort to not draw suspicion towards well that's the next scene that's one of the things i don't like is we've had a series and a half where the doctor's been going around trying to erase himself from history yeah and then all of a sudden he's inviting courtney to come have a look at the tardis Yes, and I think I, that didn't sit right with me. Well, to me, well, for, for one thing, different incarnations, they can have different priorities. Also, I think this is an example of the doctor whilst he has great affection for humanity because at this stage in their history, then, you know, they're not a star-faring species. They're like you know, he probably has this attitude of like, well, what are they going to do? What's a kid going to do? They're not going to be believed. What harm is it going to do to show them the TARDIS? Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't to say he's not being cavalier, because he definitely is. But uh, yeah, I think he just pro- probably thinks this is quite a low stakes affair, basically. Mm. You know, he's not going to be like drawing much attention to any Daleks or anything like that, but. So, Clara then nags the Doctor for a bit. And we find out he's scanning for the Scovox Blitzer. Mm -hmm. uh, Because it has locked onto Artron energy in the area. Yep. You've encountered that before, haven't you, Artron energy? Yeah, if it's not been in the show, you've definitely explained it to me. Yeah, well, (laughs) explained is a a strong word for it. It's a bit of a catch-all thing, really. Mm. Um I was just I was rewatching a a, a, a a classic Tom Baker story just for fun the other day. Well, I say just for fun. I was feeling quite ill, so it was a bit comfort viewing. Um, and uh, yeah, the way I've forgotten the way in which it's used in that particular story. Possibly it's when it's even introduced. I would have to check that. But like, it's totally inconsistent with the way I had it in my head. Oh really? So, so I was just like. Who the fuck knows what Archon energy is? <laughs> but uh, anyway, there's a lot of it around the Doctor and the TARDIS, and mm-hmm. that's cut. And because it's Cole Hill School, and you know he'd been he'd been in that area for a long time for a while, it's attracted this Scovox Blitzer. Yeah, yeah. So the Doctor now has an invisibility watch. Yeah, that's handy. And the devices he's been placing around the school are time mines. Yeah. And that is to send the Blitzer a billion years into the future, just to give the Doctor a little bit of thinking time what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I quite like that as a premise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then in my notes here, David, you might be able to explain this to me. Because mm-hmm. I've just put, when you think about it, the Doctor is a little bit like Robin Hood. Where's that coming from? Oh, of course, because there's that episode earlier in the series where, yeah, it's it's a Robin Hood episode, I guess. I, there's similarities there, yeah. isn't there? 
There are, you know what? Yeah, yeah. I hadn't really thought about it when we were watching that episode. Yeah, but yeah, um, but they're, yeah. they're quite alike, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Food for thought. Yep. All right. So then. Clara then misunderstands when the doctor says he likes her boyfriend, and yes. this is where your face blindness comes into play. Yeah. So I can't remember. Do you have Danny stood next to this Matt Smith lookalike? Uh, yeah, the, the the three of them are having a chat, and then and then Danny wanders off, and 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 um, yeah, the, it's a fellow English teacher, and so he's gone for the whole like the you know tweed jacket and bow tie look, which I don't. I, you probably don't have any English teachers in your school who actually do that, but it's it's not not within the realms of it, it's certainly within the realms of possibility, isn't it? That that an English teacher might be so inclined. Mm. I certainly had English teachers who, who liked a tweed jacket with the elbow patches and whatnot. Yeah, there's, there, there is a colleague of mine who we always, we just call him Doctor Who. Because <laughs> right. he, he wears like a long professorial coat and, you know, yeah. he's very well turned out. Yes, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know where they found this guy because he is like the perfect pound shop matt smith mm. isn't he like he's just the face is similar enough but not actually like he's not a look-alike uh he's got the floppy hair and he's, yeah it's yeah. just a passing yeah. likeness isn't it yeah and capaldi's like performance in his face when he sees the two of them together and he's just like oh and he just like melts yeah. <laughs> he's just like oh of course off you go you two love birds and, uh it it just it makes me laugh every time that whole scene. Um, so, Danny has been finding the time mines around the school. Yes. Yeah, and he begins to investigate what they are. So, he takes one of the mines with him. I think he's yeah. on his way to confront the Doctor with what's going on, because the Doctor is leading the Blitzer. Towards the school. Yes. So he's bringing it... He's placing the school in danger in order to get rid of the Blitzer. Yeah. So Danny sees the Blitzer. Is it at this point where it fires at Danny and he jumps out the way? I think so, yeah. Uh, But when the Doctor triggers his mines, they fail because Danny has taken one of them out of arrangement. Yes. So rather than saying it, is a billion years in the future. It goes 72 hours. Yes. Okay. And to say that the Doctor is not happy about that might be an understatement. Mm, yeah. So he, no, he... He gives Danny quite quite a lashing. Yeah, quite a telling off. So the Doctor works out that they need a new plan. Yeah. They're short of time. In three days, things are going to go pretty bad pretty quickly. Okay, yeah. so I quite like this as a little comedy scene. Danny thinks Clara's an alien, so <laughs> to get rid of that notion, she just pretends it's all a play and all special effects and lighting. I, it's like yeah, I, I, it's proper. Like I, I have my head in my hands whenever I'm watching this bit because it's just like, I, do you really think like it's the most tropey, um. Like get out, isn't it? That oh, we're rehearsing a play. Like who genuinely thinks that they they can pull that off as a as a cover? Mm. 
story. Um, so yeah, obviously Danny doesn't buy it for a second. Yeah, so and, he questions yeah. whether the Doctor is her dad. Yeah, I love I love the way he says this, like with this like crack in his voice, like you're you're, you're a space woman, and, and he's he's your dad. See, <laughs> your I like space how, dad. I like how offended the Doctor gets, and he's like, "We look the same age." <laughs> yeah. You know, there's only what 25, 30 years difference yeah. between them. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, the Doctor and Clara work out that they both had misconceptions about who they'd been dating. Yes. So she works out the Doctor thought it was the English guy. The mm. Doctor works out that she's in fact seeing Danny. Yeah. And this comes to a head when Clara says that she loves him. Yeah. Now, I, I know that's where this was going. Yeah. But I, I felt it was maybe a bit early for that as a big statement, if you know what I mean. Again, I feel like it's... We don't know exactly how much time has passed here. Mm. It feels early for us because we only met Danny, what, four episodes ago? In, when was Into the Dalek? I think it was four episodes ago. Um, so he's quite a new character to us. And because it's not firmly established how long it's been, that yeah, that does feel quick. But in my head, like I say, I think it's been at least a year between Dan, uh, us seeing Danny's first day and where we are now. So I don't think it's, you know, that out of the blue in that context. Okay, so Clara tells Danny that the Doctor is an alien. And this is where they show Danny the TARDIS. Yeah. Okay. So the Doctor says that Clara has explained the Doctor to Danny, but hasn't explained Danny to the Doctor. Mm. So we've still got that little bit where the Doctor... Now that he knows Clara's dating Danny, Danny's a former soldier, we get yeah. that bit where the Doctor still doesn't like soldiers. Yeah. And is this this is where I think Danny really needles the Doctor, isn't it? And like calls him an officer. Mm. I really love that scene. I I I I genuinely I generally I just love moments where you get a character who actually challenges the doctor and pushes back on him and, and basically isn't impressed by his bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we get that here with Danny. So I, I you know, I really like that moment. Um, I, I do, but at the same time, I didn't like Danny goes just a little bit too far for me for being a bit of a dick. Like he salutes oh, yeah. and he's like, yes, sir. Oh yeah, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I think Danny's in the right. Um, I think that one of the th- I think one of the things that people struggle with with this story, um, but again, it's something that I like about it is that none of our three main characters here come out of it looking particularly good. Mm. You know, um, the Doctor comes out of it looking like a you know a, a presumptuous arsehole at times mm-hmm. in relation to Danny and also quite reckless in endangering the school um, and and keeping secrets from Clara. Likewise, Clara doesn't come out of it well because she's been keeping secrets from both of them and, you know, potentially jeopardising her relationship with, with both of them as a result. Uh, and Danny... 
whilst understandably, because this is a very high stress situation for him, you know, it's a lot of revelations coming out in a in a less than ideal fashion. He does rather fly off the handle, and um, there's another part that we'll I think we'll touch on a bit later that that many people would argue does not reflect well on Danny, but it's a lot to unpack. So we'll talk about it when we get to that scene. But but yeah, basically, none of them are you know it's it's like people want heroes in their stories and whilst the day is saved at the end of the story no one is exactly the hero at the end of it no um so i think that's that's one of the more challenging aspects of this story but but as i say personally i actually think that's a strength that sets it apart makes it feel a bit different to me but yeah so in amongst everything that we've just discussed because I think we merge like three scenes into one there. Pot- uh, potentially. Yeah. Uh, so, Danny asks Clara to explain why she ex- adventures with the Doctor. And I like that she says it's amazing. Yeah. You know, prior to her being a bit of a more defined character when she just sort of lived with those kids, she had yeah. a bit of a mundane experience in life. And then. Yeah, I think so. A bit yeah. of excitement. Uh, I like. When Danny says, I want to see what you're like with him and whether you're the same as with me. So the next day she gives Danny the invisibility watch, sneaks him on board the TARDIS, and the Doctor's like, right, we're going somewhere really dangerous today. And Clara's like, oh, no, we shouldn't. And the Doctor works out Danny's on board. Yeah, he's kind of known the entire time. And then... And And Danny quite quickly figures out that he's like... The Doctor's kind of trolling him. And then... In reference to where Danny calls the Doctor an officer, it's because the Doctor refers to himself as a Time Lord. So the yeah. Doctor thinks of him as quite snooty. Yeah, he's that, like, oh, he's aristocracy. Yeah, That that yeah. seems to be cropping up a little bit recently. I, I wonder whether yeah. that's going to be unpicked as we move on. Mm, potentially. That's one of those things that's just in the back of my mind. Okay. Yeah. So, after... Danny has fallen out with the Doctor and walks away. Clara runs after him. And this is where Courtney appears again. And the Doctor shows her the full interior of the TARDIS. Yeah. Clara and Danny are doing Parents' Evening. Yeah. I did Parents' Evening this week. It is as soul-destroying as it looked in this episode. (laughs) It can't... I, I sometimes wonder, does anyone really get anything out of Parents' Evening? I don't think so. It's just one of these like rituals that 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 parents need to participate in. I, I think if you need somebody reason. to tell you whether your son or daughter is doing well or not, you're not paying enough attention. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, so the doctor beckons them away from their appointments because the time vortex is opening. Yeah. Rather than sending it forward 74, 72 hours, it's actually just been 24 yeah. So the Doctor uses Clara as a decoy. And this gets Danny's back up a bit. He doesn't understand why Clara's the one placed in danger. So the Doctor says to Danny that he's got an important role in all this. Just leave them alone. Yeah. Uh, so the Blitzer begins chasing Clara. Whereas when it reaches the Doctor's little shed where he's been working as a caretaker... He disguises himself as Blitzer Superior. 
and begins a self-destruct countdown. Yes. Now, the Doctor is worried that this is now going to blow up half the school. Yeah, because he he wanted to shut it down, but like he didn't have the the, the security code, so mm-hmm. it, it initiated a self destruct sequence. Mm. So this is yeah. my big big problem with this episode. Okay, great, go for like, it. Like if you'd have asked me at the beginning, what stands out as the worst bit? Yeah, it's the bit where Danny runs in, leaps eight feet in the air, does a, a mad <laughs> flip over the robot, lands without shattering either of his ankles. <laughs> yeah, and doesn't split his trousers he's wearing really tight trousers yeah like okay i i think recording in the room i'm in now i'm sat at a desk i don't think from standing i could jump vertically onto my desk no whereas danny's got fucking mad skills i mean maybe they maybe they practice that that move a lot in 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 you know, the army. Yeah, I think it's deemed a necessity in modern combat. <laughs> to be able to do, you know, somersaults from a standing position. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Okay. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Doctor Who is not good at action. Occasionally it flukes it and you get a half-decent action scene. But it's it's not what I come to Doctor Who for, um, and this and that 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 sequence is a, is a case in point. I I'm not going to fight you on that. It's silly. It's not particularly well executed, but it doesn't negatively impact the episode a great deal for me. I think it it gets the job job done in giving Danny a heroic moment which then starts his sort of redemption within the eyes of the Doctor. So, from there, uh, everything's just going a bit mad. Yeah. Until the robot, the Blitzer, is shut down okay. Yes. So it ramps up all this tension, and then the Doctor just kind of goes, oh yeah, I fixed it. Yeah. So, from there, things are sort of getting back to normal. Yeah. The Doctor and Danny agree Danny needs to be good enough for Clara. And he says, well, saving the world's a pretty good start. Yeah. I quite like that as a little emotive It is Again, it kind of... It helps to underscore the nature of the Doctor and Clara's relationship here, where it's more akin to... You know, as much as they both protested, Danny's maybe not far off with with him being sort of her space dad. You know, or or maybe like a like a teacher pupil relationship or something like that. It's like the doctor is invested in Clara's well being, and so he's naturally going to view with suspicion anyone who's coming into her life who could potentially where it could go either way. Like, yes, he could be very good for her. But the doctor doesn't know that yet. So, and and because he's carrying this chip on his shoulder about soldiers in general, which whilst the show has not been explicit about it, I still very much read that as a, as a level of sort of self hatred and regret within the doctor himself for you know, you know his actions in the time war and and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um. That to me is where I think it ultimately largely stems from. 
So, the Doctor goes to dispose of the Blitzer, and he takes Courtney along for the ride. He seems quite fond of her and her troublemaking ways. Yeah. Can yeah. I make a... Well, you know... You could you could call the doctor many things. Disruptive influence is probably one of them. Can I make so a prediction? In some ways a kindred spirit. Sorry, I'm going to make a prediction that in okay. a later episode, yeah, we are going to venture into the future and meet an adult Courtney who has in some way been influenced by her travels with the doctor. Okay, I think That's we're going to see her as a grown up. Solid theory. We'll see what happens. Uh. And the episode kind of ends with Danny questioning Clara's trust of the Doctor and whether the Doctor can keep her as safe as he seems to think he can. Yes, yeah. Because basically, I, I like I liked what Danny says here because he's speaking from experience. He says, look, I have known people like the Doctor before. Obviously not time travellers, but people who push you to go beyond your your comfort zone and your your limitations potentially mm-hmm. you know and i think we've all had encounters or, or maybe had times in our life with people who do have that kind of influence on you um one way or another um and we still don't know exactly how or why um Danny has has made the transition from from soldier to math teacher, but there is presumably a reason why he 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 had to he felt he had to leave the army. Mm. Um, and then the final so lot to unpack there. The final scene, yeah, is the policeman from earlier that had been chasing the truants. Yep, is giving a sort of incident report on what had happened in his interactions with the Blitzer. Yes. Except he's not at a police station. He's in the promised land. We haven't had that yes. for an episode or two. No. And, Good to have a reminder that it's there. And we see Missy again in the background. Yeah. And I've just written in my notes, is Missy the Christian God? <laughs> Specifically the Christian God. Yeah, well, this has got a very Bruce Almighty feel to it, hasn't it? On the white corridors. and Yeah, yeah. I think that it's, it's obviously they're playing, they're playing on that element for sure. Mm. Um, did you recognise the chap playing the, the guy who was interviewing the policeman? I didn't. Uh, it's a comedian called Chris Addison. Okay. Uh, I think his biggest TV role today is uh, in the thick of it, which is obviously a series that uh, Capaldi was, yeah. was one of the stars of as well. Um, he's very good. He, he like, he's playing quite a sort of, you know, just sort of, it's an office type, isn't it? You know, yeah. just <laughs> a bit of a pen pusher kind of thing. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Interesting little tease. Imagine if they just never resolve it. What if, like, we, you know, we just had series twelve. What if in series twelve we're still getting the occasional throw over to? to yeah, whatever if the rather than totally is. ignore it, it's just there all the time, but totally inconclusive. <laughs> yeah, there's there's just never been an explanation for it. Like, we'll get to it one day. <laughs> no, I, I I will guarantee you, at some point, you will get some answers about this. Oh, fantastic. I'm not going to say when. Or how, or what those answers will be, but 
think this this doesn't go unresolved forever um so yeah i don't have i managed to talk you around at all on this episode i don't know like it was okay yeah people like i say i think people will get really down on it for probably quite valid reasons one thing we didn't touch on that i did want to was when there's a moment where danny basically says to clara look if you can't be honest with me, we're kind of, we're done. People occasionally accuse Danny of being kind of emotionally manipulative. They, they kind of view it as this kind of controlling relationship. Mm-hmm. Because he kind of wants Clara for himself. I've never really viewed it that way. Um, I don't personally, you know, everyone is different. I understand that. But per, my personal perspective is any kind of relationship, romantic or otherwise has to be built on a foundation of trust. And if you feel like the person you're trying to have a relationship with is fundamentally not telling you the whole truth about themselves, their lives, what they're doing, it's very challenging to maintain a relationship with them, I would have thought. So I don't think he necessarily phrased it tactfully, Hmm. but I don't think what he's asking for is unreasonable either. No. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I I just think, I I do agree with you there. I think what he wants is, you know, absolute honesty and transparency. But I also appreciate why that's so difficult for Clara. You know, I I feel like maybe when we get to the reason why he left the army, there is going to be some sort of issue of trust, and that's why he is the way he is. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. I, certainly, I think there is a lot still to explore, and I think what whatever else you might think about the plot of this episode, I think it moves forward. Clara, Danny, and the Doctor all in interesting ways. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a really strong episode from a character point of view, um, and I think it's been a while since because we didn't have, you know, as much as I like some parts of the back end of excuse me, uh, the back end of series seven, we never had, we could never have these kinds of deeper discussions about the characters on an emotional level. Yeah, um, I suppose it has been a while since we've had an episode like this, and I'm guessing if yeah. every episode was just, let's go on an adventure, it would get quite old quite fast, so... Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's it's a good change of pace. Um, uh, but who knows where we're going next week? Well, I mean, the title may give you a bit of a clue. Go on. Uh, next week, uh, we will be watching an episode called "Kill the Moon." Say that again. Kill the moon. I, I thought that's what you said. Um, yes. Let me just have a quick think. Kill the moon. Yeah. I don't. Is it going to be that the moon's a spaceship? We've had that before, haven't we? We've got Earth is a spaceship. I don't think the moon's going to be alive. I think that's too far-fetched. I'm going to go with either the moon is a spaceship or there might be a monster in the moon. A Frankenstein in the moon. (laughs) A Frankenstein in the moon. Is that your final suggestion? I don't know. Maybe there is a Frankenstein in the moon. Maybe the moon is a Frankenstein egg. Wow.
well. We'll just have to wait and see, won't we? Um, until then, thank you very much for listening, everyone, and cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.